Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss the Phantom Lance Menace. Ocean Lotus at it again. Next up, I can RDP believe my eyes. Trends and brute force attacks on exposed RDP services. And two truths and a lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 46, recorded on May 4th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. May the 4th be with you, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad. May the Fortron be with you, Anderson. <sighs> Chad, 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 Chad. And the one and only, Tarek, Mountain out of a Malware Sala. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. hey We survived another week. We did it. We did it. I'm so proud of us staying at home and eating takeout food. Yeah. Shout out to Uber Eats for keeping me going. <laughs> We're heroes, everyone. We're sitting and doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Well, it's very nice to be back with you two. This is always one of the best parts of my week. So thank you for sharing it with me. And I'm excited to get into our two articles today. The first of which... This is very on theme, dare I say, not to pat myself on the back too much here. This has been recorded, of course, on Star Wars Day. Um, May the 4th be with you. Um, But here we are. The Phantom Lance Menace. So a sophisticated, ongoing espionage campaign aimed at Android users in Asia is likely the work of the one and only Ocean Lotus. So researchers have been talking about this this week. And I know when it comes to APTs... We like to come on with a, a brief history lesson, if you will. Um, so, Tarek, can you refresh us a little bit on this ocean lotus? Yeah. Um, so, when I was originally reading this article, I had a, uh, I had kind of a little flashback there of ocean lotus and some macOS malware I was analyzing way back when. But uh, just to kind of give everyone like a uh, brief up to date on ocean lotus, um, they're also known as APT32, um, and they've been around since 2014 and are uh, you know, evidence shows that they're based out of the Vietnam region. Um, some of their primary targets are uh, private sector, foreign governments, and news media outlets. Um, and those are often exclusively in the Southeast Asian countries. Um, so we've seen them in the wild targeting all operating system platforms, um, Windows, and uh, we'll be briefly mentioning uh, today uh, Android, uh, uh, as well as Mac OS and uh, Linux as well. And they use a whole broad range of different uh, techniques and tools uh, to uh, write malware and to compromise victims, ranging from basic watering hole attacks to more sophisticated stenography uh, for loading backdoors into uh, into victims. Ah, stenography. Love that stuff. Um, <laughs> well, let's get into what we're talking about today, which is their more recent campaign. So... First of all, do you feel there's sufficient evidence that this campaign is actually tied back to Ocean Lotus? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing, both Kaspersky and Silence's um, security researchers found some really interesting data here, mainly around the code reuse patterns and techniques from several of the malware samples that matched up with uh, previous campaigns associated with o- Ocean Lotus. Um, so both of those institutions made uh, pretty high confidence that they are uh, attributed. Uh, some of the malware that we've seen today are attributed to Ocean Lotus for this long-running campaign. But 
originally, uh, the researchers at Dr. Webb can take credit for the initial discovery of a trojanized Android application uh, masquerading as an OpenGL update APK that was published to the Google Play Store back in 2019. So that was the initial research that gave way to Kaspersky security researchers um, that uncovered a really long-term attack campaign that they titled Phantom Lace. And Phantom Lace's infrastructure uh, was initially created around 2015. Um, and we can see some weaponizations of the infrastructure found in malware samples going far back to uh, 2016. So this is a very long running, uh, reasonably sophisticated campaign that was uh, definitely attributed back to Ocean Lotus. And we'll talk more about what some of those look like later. I would like for there to be like an InfoSec zoo. You know when you go to the zoo and it's got like the timeline with pictures and or actual bones and it's like, this happened then. I would like that with APTs. Can you make that happen, Tarek? I like that. That's a good idea. Would it be like the caveman? Uh, was it the evolution of man drawings? Or like the evolution of APT? Yeah, beautiful. I like it. Sold. It's a million dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Next episode, you'll see us trying and attempting a terrible drawing. Um, apparently, you'll just hear the sound of the pencil on the paper because I'm just realizing now there is no video. Um, it'll be very interesting, interesting podcasting. I will bust out my crayons and uh, try my best. <laughs> I want to hear the sound of those like massive, this is just taking me back to the massive Crayola packs where you could sharpen your Crayolas. That's when you oh, do a yeah. good set when they're like, man, we're going to make sure you get the lifetime value out of these crayons. Go to town. Let me empower <laughs> you. Um, Tariq, moving back, it sounds like researchers at Kaspersky identified multiple versions of malware. So as our malware guru, what can you tell us about these payloads? Yeah, um, it was really interesting uh, reading about these uh, different payloads. So there was three, uh, specifically three Android-based um, uh, pieces of malware samples that were associated with Ocean Lotus. And despite there being multiple versions and multiple builds, um, they're all functionally extremely similar in what they do, which is traditionally spyware-like activities and capabilities. So um, a good example of that is all of the uh, versions of the Ocean Lotus malware for Android made API calls, um, accessing SMS messages, call logs, your contact history, your geolocation, uh, the make and the model of your phone, um, and then uh, exfiltrates that over to um, over HTTPS, over to a handful of C2 servers. But also, in addition, each of the samples also had the ability to do Trojan-like activities in terms of being able to download and execute additional malware after uh, the initial foothold was established on the victim's phone. So uh, very much traditional spyware, but uh, also at the same time, a little bit more sophisticated for that you know, reverse download and execution capability too. Hmm, interesting. Thank you for sharing, Tarek. And I'd love to just pick your brain on some of the other running theories that the folks at Kaspersky bubbled up in their piece. Yeah, so what was really interesting is that um, the folks at Kaspersky did an incredible job of painting together um, a, a very nice Venn diagram of Ocean Lotus campaign activity, tying together um, their uh, multiple operating system malware combined with some code similarities between the malwares, the targeted region for the attacks of where those malwares were really discovered in the wild and the phantom lace campaign kind of overlaying them all together there was also criteria for attribution which came down to 
like I mentioned before, those code reuse patterns, but also code similarities, like uh, reusing same function calls, um, the reuse of certain uh, command and control domains, and other really interesting pieces of infrastructure overlap. So I highly encourage all of our readers to go take a look at the write-up at uh, Kaspersky, or from Kaspersky, because it's um, really detailed in how they actually made those conclusions. Yeah, they painted a real picture there. They're the Bob Ross of APT research. <laughs> Isn't that lovely to think about, too? Lots of Lovely, lots lovely of APTs. <laughs> Happy little exploits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, per usual, I like to finish off our conversation and discussion with a question about sort of the impact. And one of the important things I think to consider when you're looking at APTs specifically is how targeted the attack was. So was there any information about that in the blog post? Yeah, you know what's really interesting is that um, this is both a targeted attack and not a targeted attack. And I'll kind of explain how, <laughs> I'll explain my thought process there. Um, it's not a targeted attack in the sense that uh, talking about how broad the initial access was. I mean, this was uh, trojanized applications published to the Google Play Store that really didn't target a specific type of user. You know, for example, the latest one for Phantom Lace was a or I'm sorry, not the latest. This is the one that was discovered uh, by the uh, folks at Dr. Webb, which was an OpenGL piece of um, Android application that was actually uh, malware. And then the uh, latest version that was detected by Kaspersky was a one of those, uh, you've probably all seen them, the Turbo Boost application. Go ahead and download this. This will make your phone run faster type of, type of uh, application. Um, so these are really targeted towards maybe less technically sophisticated-ish users, um, but it's a completely open, broad spectrum in terms of uh, who can access it. So very, very open in that sense. However, the victim scope is also still pretty narrow. Um, you know, Ocean Lotus continues to target individuals that are in that Southeast Asian region, um, you know, in the private sector and government sector. So very interesting, this one. It's both targeted and non-targeted at the same time. Ah, the APT contradiction. So beautiful. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads us into our hoodie rating. A quick reminder, hoodie scales on a scale of 0 to 10. 10 hoodies is extreme panic, um, and 0 is maybe some water cooler talk or a nice giggle. Ideally, as Chad and Tark brought up last episode, examples of puppies and info security um that that could be a zero potentially um so adorable so how concerned are you let's start with chad um yeah i'll go with a seven out of ten for this one it's it's interesting you know anytime that a trojanized application does get onto google play um as being distributed there that's intriguing because google's getting better and better at spotting um any malware that comes onto the play store it keeps happening but um, they're, they're getting better and better at spotting it. Um, and just that it, it has a broad scope instead of, um, you know, being just a, just a small, like very targeted attack. Like Tark said, it's it's both targeted and untargeted. It can, it can get infect anybody. But um, yeah, I, I, I put it firmly in the 7 out of 10. Firmly in the 7 out of 10 it is. Tark, would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's always really uh, fascinating to see um, any threat actor or uh, threat group, whether you're APT or not, uh, bypass Google Play security controls and uh, trojanize, even though, I mean, we read about it, it seems like weekly. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I know the folks at Google are, uh, you know, it's a very much a cat and mouse game and they're doing everything 
uh, reasonably possible to kind of keep up with things. Um, so if you have somebody who's sophisticated enough to bypass those continuous detection controls by Google, um, I mean, that warrants a seven out of 10 unto itself too. So I'm going to stick with that. Ah, uh, yes. A classic Tom and Jerry, if you will. I'm just going to really double down on television cultural references today. So I'd like to apologize <laughs> in advance. <laughs> well, let's move on to our next article, which is, I can RDP believe my eyes. So attackers are increasingly targeting corporate resources used by employees who have now moved to work from home due to lockdown and shelter-in-place orders issued during the, as you guessed it, ongoing pandemic. So one of those is a highly popular solution to access enterprise devices remotely, aka RDP, Remote Desktop Protocol, which enables remote workers to access their work remotely, specifically Windows workstations or servers from home. Chad, I know you have a lot of thoughts and opinions about RDP. Can Before we get into those, <laughs> can you remind our audience about a little bit about what RDP is exactly? Yeah, well, first, I'm a little sad you didn't go with the uh, RDP, yeah, you know me, um, reference uh, for the title here. But um, yeah. I did uh, it to personally slight you, I'm going to be honest. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, it's because I didn't get the Doors reference last time. Right? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. uh, so RDP is Remote Desktop Protocol. It used to be what's called Terminal Services. Uh, it's a proprietary protocol from Microsoft for interacting with a desktop graphically over the internet. Um, so other common services are like VNC or proprietary things like log me in other remote clients like that. But RDP has been around a long time. Uh, it's actually like one of the first things I ever uh, exploited when I was a, when I was a young kid getting into computers. So um, it's been around. It's been around a while. That's I love the way you said that as a young child <laughs> found a way to exploit RDP. Yeah, dad's um, in T4 box. It was, it was done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's let's talk a little bit about this detailed report that was published last week. Um, in the report, it says there is a growth in the number of brute force attacks launched against exposed RDP services. So first of all, how do you carry out this type of attack? It sounds like you have quite a bit of experience in this. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm less malicious than I was um, when there weren't consequences. But uh, so there's a number of free built tools out there for it. Um, there's one I've used called Crowbar before. I spun in Kali Linux. Um, there's probably dozens of others out there, but that's the one that just pops into my head uh, when I think about it. And it, it's a brute force attack. So a typical thing of just trying username and password combinations over and over again. Um, and, and that's how brute force attacks go down. You know, it happens with SSH all the time, which is another remote protocol. Um, but in this case, I think we have a renewed interest by attackers in remote protocols just because everyone's working from home. They're assuming a lot more people are, uh, you know, using these remote protocols to get their work done. Um, and a lot more services are exposed, whether that's, you know, your VPN, uh, you know, companies bring VPNs online or RDP, VNC, um, people that stage or, you know, otherwise. But uh, yeah, that's why I'm guessing that we're seeing more of these. Chad, how much money would I have to pay you? to do a cover of Fergie's Fergalicious with So Malicious. So Malicious. Oh, that's good. Uh, <laughs> you did not answer my question. Uh, what is the yeah. dollar amount? Bottom line. <laughs> yeah, bottom line. Well, I'm going to have to have my lawyers contact you because it's been a while since I've done a gold record and we'd have to really plan this out and how to, how to best get it out there to the audience. <laughs> 
we got to give the people what they want, Chad. Yeah, and I talked to my usual producer, Quincy Jones, is going to have to come in, you know, take care of it. (laughs) Well, you got to be careful. It's hard (laughs) to do from six feet apart, you know, so we'll have to work through that. (laughs) Well, okay, so you've, you've outlined pretty easily how one goes about exploiting RDP um, when it's exposed. So how do you defend yourself as an organization against this type of attack? Yeah, so uh, RDP is a history of like bad, bad bugs that allow for um, full access. And there's been a lot of, uh, yeah, a, a lot of things that have happened with RDP, a lot of wormable bugs. But uh, this year already, we have two RCEs that came out for RDP and what was we were just getting through the first quarter of the year. So uh, I, I would argue that any corporation doing this needs to have people connect securely over a VPN first before they RDP to any device. You know, VPNs uh, configured right are probably a lot more secure and at least that way they get onto some you know, uh, more trusted network, um, something like that, something audible. But uh, I don't really advocate for RDP anyways remotely. Like if you need someone to access a remote desktop, um, you know, when you're actually running a physical desktop somewhere versus using Amazon Workspaces or a similar product, it just doesn't make sense to me. So uh, there's yeah, no reason to run a desktop remotely like that and to expose it as an entry point, you know, to your network, um, unless you have an IR team that's really like, you know, not busy and they need something to do. You're helping them job security, right? Very yeah, awful. exactly, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> we we have a problem here with having too many filled positions in infosec, so we just want to yeah yeah just yeah. maintain that issue a little bit. Um, <laughs> so another this has been like a series of acronyms, and another one you brought up is VNC in one of your descriptions and responses. So can can you give us a little insight into what VNC is? Yeah, uh, VNC is another graphical desktop sharing protocol. It stands for virtual network computing. Um, again, wouldn't recommend it. It's got a little bit better of a track record, um, but I, I just don't really see any reason for people to be exposing uh, themselves that way. I mean, they, at least not without first uh, VPNing into somewhere or some other you know secure thing like WireGuard to hop onto a network where those things are sitting. Um, it's just, you know, if you're exposing to the internet, um, you should be serving up some sort of service that's uh, like not the back door into your network. Leave the exposure to the photographers. Am I right, Chad? Oh yeah, yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna drop my uh, my photography then? And just <laughs> <laughs> start start pushing some some print sales. You know. <laughs> Actually, um, we'll accept funding for our first ad on our. I'd be happy to provide you with a very limited number of spots so you can tout. <laughs> Chad's photography is actually very good. I highly recommend checking it out. You'll have to, I'm not even going to tell you how to get there though. You must access your inner OSINT to find it. That's a part of the fun, right? So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) And it sounds like there have been some contradictory reports about the number of exposed RDP servers and, and, those being taken advantage of normally to, you know, relative to what we normally see. So what are your thoughts on that? How can this trend of increased brute force attacks be explained? And do you think it exists? Yeah, so there's there's a there's a bunch of stuff going on right now. For one, like Census said that there hasn't been an increase. Shodan said that there has been a slight increase in exposed RDP uh, instances. There's also, we've seen on some um, 
hacker forums, a lot of RDP connections for hospitals and whatnot have been uh, on sale. Um, and uh, there's a lot of CTIs that have been surfacing those and like contacting people and trying to get them um, to secure those uh, services, you know, um, or to turn them off entirely. Uh, I'm guessing that the reason why the attacks are up, though, um, even if there hasn't been a, a big increase, is it's just looking around. Uh, attackers are looking around more under the assumption that there would be more machines because there are more people working remotely. Um, it's probably just that assumption alone leads them to start looking for things to exploit. Well said. Thank you for your analysis there, Chad. And let's transition into our hoodie rating. And I'm going to start with you, Tarek. For this exploitation of exposed RDP, what say you? <laughs> What's your well, rating? <laughs> I'm going to give this one a 5 out of 10. Um, you know, anytime we have exposed services like this that are uh, vulnerable to dictionary of brute force attacks, they're always concerning. But you know, on the same token, um, you know, this has been an attack vector that's been around for decades now. And, um, you know, I, I can't say I'm surprised this is still happening, but I'm also very surprised it's still happening. Um, good, the good news is, is that it's easy to fix. Um, you know, there's Bastion hosts, there's stronger authentication, there's, you know, proxies, VPNs, there's, there's thousands of ways to skin this proverbial cat. So, um, that being said, attackers are still taking advantage of any and every situation. And, um, you know, I'm going to give this a five out of 10. Excellent. What about you, Chad? Would you agree with that? I think I, I want to go even lower just because I never do. Um, I'm going to give it a three out of 10 just because, uh, you know, yeah, it is. It just keeps on trucking on and, and brute force attacks are the least of my worries. The moment that another, uh, RCE pops up, um, you know, which I'm sure will happen again because it keeps happening every year. Um, then I'll, I'll, I'll raise bitterly. it more. But uh, brute force attacks, you know, this is the equivalent of looking at my uh, SSH logs on my server and seeing that it's been hit, you know, 3,000 times or whatever. Um, well, not a server on a honeypot. I don't have any exposed SSH. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just going to keep happening. Oh my gosh, you got awfully defensive there, Chad. Sure, sure, it's a honeypot. Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is that vigorous typing I hear in the background? I mean, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both there for your analysis. And let's pop over into our game, Two Truths and a Lie. A quick explanation. Um, as you would imagine, similar to the game Two Truths and a Lie, but rather than talking about ourselves, we are, in fact, having one of us every week go through with three article titles, and as you might imagine or deduce, two of which are true article titles, and one is a lie. And Tarek is up at bat this week, so Tarek, do you want to hit us with your three articles? So I'm ready to flex. Are you oh, guys ready? Oh boy, that's some confidence. That's yeah, all right. I think Let's we need to intro with some Thompson Twins lies, though, to, to really get this... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pull that in later. Don't worry. Thank you. Don't worry. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's in post. We'll edit that in post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's let's do this. So, um, the first one, uh, a pre-auth, uh, pre-authentication SQL injection bug led to remote code execution vulnerabilities against Cisco firewalls using the TrickBot malware. So I'll say that one more time since that was a mouthful. A pre-authentication SQL injection bug, bug led to remote code execution against a Cisco firewall using the TrickBot malware. That sounds so, like you went and used automation to identify 
the vocabulary used most in Breaking Badness and found a way to shove it all into one article <laughs> title. <laughs> all I did was take a word cloud and string some stuff together, and there you go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our ML team could uh, generate uh, automatic article titles for us. That would be hilarious. We'll look into that. Sorry, Tark, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go you're ahead. good. The other one. Uh, so salt, uh, salt management framework has a bug that allows full RCE as root on cloud servers. And the last one, the doppelpamer ransomware hit an LA suburb and demanded a hundred bitcoins as ransom. So we have a pre-auth SQL injection bug used by TrickBot against Cisco firewalls. We've got the doppelpamer ransomware hitting an LA suburb. And we have the salt management framework that has an RCE on it. Which one is the lie? Chad, I might make you answer first because you have ruined my chances by knowing ransomware well enough that Hmm. I want to feel out whether or not you think that one is true. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say the doppelpamer is the lie. That's that's my feeling. Hmm. I'm going to go with the word cloud, the first one, the RCE with TrickBot. Uh-oh. <laughs> Drum roll! Kelsey, you win. Yes! Uh, the first one was the so fake surprised. one. <laughs> but, you know, all I did here was replace Cisco with Sophos, and instead of TrickBot, it's Ansarok malware. So, Ooh. yeah, everything else is pretty true, except the, the vendor and the malware. So, very word cloudy indeed, though. That nice. was pretty funny. I would actually very much like to employ our data science team um you to to get that going do you think that they could pull that we actually enjoyed when we first started the podcast we attempted to have um a full transcript pulled a little breaking badness trivia for you um using i think it was maybe even youtube and just uploading the mp4 and having it pull out and it actually was a very funny read but not at all accurate um <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. I'll have to try to find some of the nuggets. I know it exists somewhere, um, but it was not even worth attempting to edit it because it did not sound like a human person speaking. Oh, jeez! I bet you my word cloud, the biggest word would be the word, uh, <laughs> that's my guilty. <laughs> <laughs> we all have our, we all have our word. Um, gosh, this makes me really want to look it up and what it was. I think there was something really funny for hoodie rating too, and it appeared differently every time we said it which is pretty entertaining i'll try to bring that we have the 50th episode coming up sort of soon so maybe as a treat i should find some nuggets like that to share um so we can celebrate uh, 50 episodes which is crazy we gotta Um, go big for number 50 i know yeah if anybody has any ideas if they have any burning questions they want answered on the podcast please feel free to tweet at us um, you know all of our handles probably by this point, um, or email or share anything you would be interested in because we'd be happy to do so. But that that wraps up this week's episode. I want to thank you both per usual for your great insight, your good sense of humor, and you dealing with me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and I um, I hope we can all survive another week so we can do this again next week on Breaking Badness. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. 
That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.